Somebody shout hallelujah. All right. It's good always, no matter what day it is. If we're in the house of the Lord, it is a good day. We're so glad you're here with us tonight. We're going to have a devotion, then we'll have a time of prayer together and pray. And uh, I wanted to say something. Brother Thomas is going to be speaking here tonight, and we're fixing to get right into the Word. And uh, I don't know what his direction is for us to pray when we're done, but I do want to add something to that. When it comes time for prayer time, with what's, with what's happened in Texas tonight, we come forward to pray. Add that to your prayers. I think we need to spend some time earnestly praying for those families, uh, that school, our nation, our children, our schools. Uh, this is where we're at. And uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. And our prayer time tonight needs to be focused on praying for those people. And uh, asking God to supernaturally comfort those families in that, that state and all of those stuff they're going through. It's the times we're in, and this, this makes it even more, to me, shows us this is where we need to be every Wednesday, praying. Praying for our nation, praying for our state, praying for our school, our teachers, our children, our families. Because prayer does amazing things. So... I've grieved yesterday and even today, and it just, it just breaks my heart. I can't even imagine what they're going through. So tonight, when we get to our prayer time and you come and pray, please make sure you add that to whatever Brother Thomas tells you to pray about as well. So if you would, please, Brother Thomas is going to come and, and bring forth the word. Would you welcome him? You know, I'm sure there's probably uh, all of you are uh, like so many. You have mixed emotions today. And, uh, you know, last night uh, I was, the wife actually shared uh, what happened in Texas. And, and uh, we listened to a little bit of the news and then we got up this morning and listened a little bit more. We had breakfast, and the wife, she works in the basement, home, works at home. And I was sitting at the bar, and I couldn't help but put my hands, my head in my hands, and just weep a little bit. And there was, a, there was just a heaviness that, that come over me. So, uh, you know, I plunged into the Word all day, and... Uh, put some praise on. I put my garment of praise on for the spirit of heaviness. And uh, there's something about praise. Boy, when, you, when heaviness comes on you, put your praise on. I think Pastor Randy shared about that uh, just a few weeks ago. I want to talk a little bit tonight. I want to, you know, I've been on faith for several months and I want to talk about faith again, but I want to put a different twist on it tonight. And uh, I want us to, to see tonight the time and uh, the place where we're at as a, a nation, as a country, as a people. 
and, and look at some of the things. You know, there's prophecy that is conditional and there's prophecy that's not conditional. It's going to happen. And we're living in some of those times and, and uh, I don't want to bring you low tonight because at the end of this, I want to pull it back up. But I want us to see uh, the day and the hour in which we live. But I also want us to know that God is working among us in this time. And we'll talk about that just a little bit tonight. But you know, there's, there's more to faith than just praying and receiving. There's a lot more to faith, the faith life. And I want to talk about some of that uh, tonight. If you have your Bibles, let's just uh, dive right in. And turn with me to 2 uh, Peter. We're going to be looking at uh, verses 1 through 10. These are great verses that, that have always ministered to me. There's some powerful things that are said in these verses, and I want us to read them and uh, look at them tonight. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of, the, uh, of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like what? Precious faith. With us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Listen carefully. According as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue. God has given unto us as believers everything that we have need of for life. And, and not, just, uh, not just existing life. Jesus didn't come that we just exist and have life. He came that we might have abundant life. Have life and have it more abundantly. He's given us everything that we have need of for life. What are, what are we talking about? He's given us love. Come on. Joy and peace and faith and grace. All of these things are uh, things that God has given us that we might live and have abundant life. You know, I was... Uh, in my studies of this, uh, I kind of went on a rabbit trail and I began to, to look at certain men. And uh, I got on the internet and I was reading about Jim Jones, uh, the minister of the People's Temple. And uh, I, I, I couldn't comprehend how a man that started out so good could end up like he, he ended up. I just, I just couldn't comprehend, you know, the, the degree of, of, of change that happened in this man to where, you know, something like 900 people, whether willingly or force, forcefully, died drinking poison. Started out good, a man of the assembly of God, a Pentecostal, Pentecostal preacher. They said he started out good. His son, his son was asked the question, 
And the question was, uh, what, it, what stood out about your dad? And uh, he answered and he said, his ego. In other words, his arrogance and his pride. You know, God has, has uh, given us the things that we have need of and there's things that in life that we've got to guard against. And we're going to talk about some of them tonight. He's not only given us things that pertain unto life, but things that pertain unto godliness. What does it mean? It means being a godly person, living, living life like it ought to be lived in a godly manner. Come on. That, that doesn't happen overnight. It's a growing process. And, and when you get born again, you grow in grace and in the knowledge of God. And, but God wants us to develop to where, you know, we're living epistles. I'm telling you, our world needs to see Jesus in us. Come on. The world is desperate for, for life. So it says here, it says that he's given us all these things that pertain unto life and godliness uh, through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto his exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence add to your faith. It begins with faith but faith is the place of beginning. We're, we're saved by faith through grace and repentance. God wants all men to come to repentance. So we add to our faith virtue, which is excellence, and to virtue, knowledge, and to, to knowledge, temperance, self-control. How many of you have finally got into a place where you have some self-control. How many of you know God wants us to add to our faith and, and be a people that have some self-control? I could tell you a story about getting out of service one time and we had a powerful service. I was just young, hadn't been saved long. Janet and I went to a, a, a supermarket after church and there was uh, four, three boys in a, in a car and uh, on our way in, they began to cuss me. They began to share different things and how they was going to whoop me. And I went in the store and I, I was losing control. And I come back out and I opened their doors and I said, you want some of me? And I slammed the door and I went to the next door and I said, you, you want some of me? And, and I'll tell you, I'm not tough. I, I, I was just fired up with a lack of self-control. How many of you can hear what I'm saying tonight? God wants us to be people that have self-control. So uh, add to your faith and we need to come to the place where we have some control. How many of you have seen people out of control? And add, add, add steadfastness, godliness, purity, brotherly affection, Christian love. 
There is one thing that I, I look at today that the world needs more than anything, needs to see you and I as believers sharing the love of God. The Bible says that it is, it is literally a sign to them because we have love one for another. And if there's one thing that I think this world needs more than anything, it's love. There's so much hatred and so much division in our world today. But it goes on to say, wherefore rather, brethren, be, uh, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Listen to this, for if you do these things, you shall never, never fall. That's, these are powerful verses right here. I, I don't, uh, you know, we had our uh, missionary from, was it El, El Salvador? Talked about, they were, uh, she talked about some are departing from the faith. It's a sad thing, but the reality is that the Bible says in the last day some will depart from the faith. I always say they can come back to God too. Amen. But these are seven things that we're to add to our faith. Go to Hebrews. I want to remind you about a verse I used the last time. Hebrews uh, chapter 12 and verse 2. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He, he literally aims to mature and develop our faith. The work that he has begun in, in us, he wants to complete that work. The author and the finisher of our faith. How does he do that? How does he perfect and, and develop our faith? Can I tell you that it's through the word? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when we hear the word of God and we act upon the word of God, we're building a life of faith. You know, we can't just be hearers only. We've got to be doers of the word. In Romans, uh, Romans 12, verses 1 through 3, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, changed, by the renewing of your mind, that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be not conformed to this world. Don't let this world form you or fashion you but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Isn't it, uh, it should be of, of, of great revelation to us. The, the enemy fights so hard to keep us out of the word, to keep us out of church. You know, there's something about being in a place where the word of God is going forth. We get out there in this world and this world kind of gets on us. 
And there's a thing called the washing of the water of the word. Come on. How many of you can come into a place and the word of God is preached and ministered? I tell you what, Sunday night, I like to get up out of my seat. Man, I tell you, several times I was about to get up and run. Wasn't that some good stuff? The bloodline. Michael's not here, so I guess I'll use that little funny. You, you know, we, we got royal blood flowing in our veins. And when a mosquito bites us, it flies off singing there's power in the blood. Come on. Now don't tell Michael. I, I told Michael he's always sharing funnies, you know. I, I told him I got a funny for him. Don't be conformed to this world. Now listen to this. It says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now there's a couple of things I want to share right here. Jim Jones' son said one of the things that, that stood out about his dad was his ego. And, and pride, is, pride is something that is very dangerous for anybody to operate in. Jesus literally taught that those that exalt themselves will be brought low and those that humble themselves will be exalted. So there's things that we've got to guard against. We can't, we can't think that, you know, even though we're gifted of God, we can't think that we're God's gift to everybody. My, my, my pastor, he's went on to be with the Lord. He'd always, he, he'd always say, some people sound like a broken record saying me, 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 just me, me, just all about me. Come on. But then there's, a, there's another area here. And I, you know, Brother Sunday Night was touching on it. We can fail to think of uh, ourselves as highly as we ought to think. I've struggled with that in my life. But I found that there's an enabling grace that, that helps you through. Come on. His grace is sufficient. And I tell you what, I'm not going to let no devil have any place in my life. How about you? Don't give any place to the devil. But through life, I've, I've struggled with that. I remember we had a, a speaker here and he was going through the crowds and he said, I need somebody that's not afraid of the devil. Here come Rhonda through there. And as she was coming through there, she was saying, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid. She got that militant spirit on her. I love to hear her minister and preach. But I, I, I can still picture her going through that. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. We are somebody in God. We don't want to think more highly of ourselves and, and we want to think as highly of ourselves as we ought to think. You know, I've always looked at the word. There's a balance in the word and we should always try. I don't want to fall in the ditch on one side or fall in the ditch on the other side. I don't want to add or, or subtract from the word. 
How about you? I want to rightly divide. Rightly divide that we might know the perfect will of God. But here's a, 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 por, a, a portion of this verse right here that stumped me for a long time. And it says, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now there was a, there was a time when that, you know, that really, uh, you know, it, it sounded like scripture was contradicting one another because in a, another verse that I'm gonna show you, it says not all men have faith. But here in this verse, if you read it, it says, uh, for I say unto you, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of every man among you. He didn't, he didn't give faith. He didn't give the measure of faith to all men. You know, faith can grow. We, we, we know that. But I don't believe that God gives anybody an inadequate measure of faith. I believe the measure of faith that God gave us is an adequate measure because he gave us everything that, to, uh, that pertains to life so we can live in the victory. Hello? How many of you are believing it with me? Did God give you the measure of faith? Is it an adequate measure? And I don't even, you know, I wrote this in my Bible. Does this mean his followers were given a, a different measure of faith or that each was given the same measure of faith? And I wrote this down there. The size of faith is not the issue whether or not we use our faith is. God has, God has given us a measure of faith but are we using the faith? Because the Bible said we, the just, shall live by faith. We've got to live by faith. We've got to have faith in God. You know, there, I, I love, uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 12, 9 through uh, 10, it talks about the power gifts of faith. And I love the way the Amplified uh, brings it out. It says, to another, wonder-working faith. To another, uh, extraordinary powers of healing. To another, working of miracles. And when you, when you, when you think about these power gifts, if you'll understand, the Bible said desire spiritual gifts. Man, I've prayed. I've prayed for these spiritual gifts. I remember Kathy coming up and, 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 and she wanted us to get in agreement with her concerning uh, her hands, that, that signs and wonders. And you, you know, that's biblical. And I believe that we ought to be seeing more than what we're seeing. And I believe the best is yet to come. Come on, I believe there's some good things yet to come. And, and you know, I don't, I don't know. You can't ever take credit for a miracle because we don't do it in the first place. We don't save no souls. We don't heal no bodies, but we know and serve one that does. Come on. So these, this is uh, faith. Faith can grow. 
2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses uh, 1 and 2, um, Paul's request for prayer. And I want to tell you, God really, when I got into this and studying about this, God gave me a charge of something. I'm going to share it with you. And I've prayed that maybe others would catch the vision of this. It says, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of, uh, of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for all men have not faith. Paul's request is for the word of the Lord to have free course and be glorified. Now, as I, I studied about this in, in, in my commentaries, it talked about Paul. Now, I'm talking about the apostle Paul. Eight times in scriptures, which I believe nine, because I, you know, I lean towards the fact that he wrote Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. But I, I believe eight times, possibly nine times, the apostle Paul, the great apostle Paul, requested for prayer. And his desire was that the word of the Lord could have free course and be glorified. And I got to reading that and, and thinking about that. And, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I've, I've prayed for this church ever since we've, I, I actually prayed for the Palace of Praise before I ever came here. You know, I pray for other churches. And, uh, but since I've been here, I've prayed for this church. I've prayed for these pastors. And I want to tell you something. The, the Holy Ghost spoke unto me and challenged me to pray for this, this leadership in this church every day. Someone say that with me. Every day. Can you think about what would take place as we let our petitions go up and we pray for the leadership of this church every day? If you catch that vision and all the congregation of the church prays for this leadership of this church every day, I tell you, God will not turn a deaf ear. My prayer has been for a long time that they would be in the vein of what God is saying right now. A relevant word, a now word, in the vein of what God is speaking today. And, and I'm praying that every day for you. Pastor Kent, I'd like to prophesy to you. And I want to tell you, I don't believe that God has just called you to be a pastor of this congregation, but I believe God is calling you as a pastor's pastor. A pastor's pastor. And if God has not revealed that to you or, or will, does not reveal that to you, then I've just ate a bunch of pizza or something. But I believe that God has called you to be a pastor's pastor. And I don't believe we should be surprised if we see more pastors come into this church. 
Man, I'm excited about what's going on around here. Woo! Come on. Woo! Come on. I tell you what, I'm, I'm excited about what God's doing in this house. We should never take it for granted. Uh, you know, I, I look at Pastor Randy. He is so gifted. Man, in organization, he, I'm telling you, he is gifted. And these men have ministered to me over and over again in the two years that we have been, this, year, this month, we've been here two years, Janet and I, and we love this house. I find myself, Pastor Kent, I don't know that I've ever done this before, and I'm not looking for points. I don't need them. But I find myself, as you're preaching, I found myself several times saying, I love that man. I love that man. He's a pastor's pastor. Glory to God. There's a, there's a prayer in, in Ephesians, one of Paul's prayers. He said this. I think Pastor Lemon shared this the other day. That was, it was this verse. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. If there ever is a day that we need to be watching out for one another is today. Listen to this. And for me, Paul says, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I, I may speak boldly as I ought to think. I know what it is as a pastor to struggle sometimes to, to make sure you have the word of the Lord for God's people. And, and he's saying, pray, pray for me that, that I will have utterance can you see that? We need to pray for these men that they have utterance to, to, to share what God would have them to share. Amen? So Paul's prayer request is for deliverance from unreasonable and wicked men. 2 Timothy 3.13 says this, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That is a, a prophetic word that we are living in right today. Yesterday, that was a fulfillment. Evil men. Anybody that could go into a, a, a grade school and do what this young man did, it's beyond normal, it's demonic, and I believe it's led by demonic influence. 
Evil men shall wax worse and worse. That's the day we're living in. We're living in perilous times, difficult days. John wrote in, in 1 John 2, 18, little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist should come, and I believe he was talking about the Antichrist, he, he goes on to say, even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. There are many out there today that are, what is an Antichrist? They're enemies of the cross. They, they literally are walking around with a death sentence on them because there is no other name given among men whereby they can be saved besides the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on. In Jude, verses three, it says, beloved, when I, when I give all diligence to write unto you of, of the common salvation, it, it is needful for me to write unto you to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, which is lawlessness, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. What does that mean? It means to contend for the faith, the truth, the sum of, of all Christian belief. There's more than just praying and receiving. What do you believe? What do you believe? What do you believe about the rapture? I'll tell you what I believe. I'm going in the first load, praise God. Come on. When the trump of God sounds, stand with me just a minute. Come on. This is rapture practice. All right, come on. You can be seated. It just kind of loosens you up when you get up a little bit. Contend for the faith. You know, uh, Pastor Jenny done something, I believe, that was ordained to God this year for us to read through the Bible as a congregation. And boy, I don't like to get behind because boy, you got to play catch up in man, oh man. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Get behind a little bit and boy. But there, you know, I was... Uh, fellowshipping with the guys and me and Pastor Kent was talking the other day. I don't obtain as much reading. As I do studying. And here's a here's a good nugget for you. We are all called to study the word of God. Hello? 2 Timothy 2 15 says, study to show thyself approved. How many of you want to be approved of God? A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 
Study to show thyself approved. Church, we're living in a, in a time and in a, in, a, in a season where it's, it's like it said in, in uh, Isaiah um, 5 and 20 that speaks about where they call evil good and, and good evil. We're living in that time. In my, in my uh, the other Bible I have, I have a large uh, margin Bible and I wrote this in there, just a little line at the bottom of the page and in, in that chapter there, chapter five, verse 20. And I wrote this, a lie doesn't become truth. Wrong doesn't become right. And evil doesn't become good just because it's accepted by a majority. Come on. They're, they're uh, fighting like all get out to keep abortion alive. It is my prayer that we can get rid of abortion in our country. Come on. I believe innocent, innocent blood is crying out to our God. Hallelujah. And I'm right with pastor that's been preaching. Our greatest victories come from our greatest struggles sometimes. Our, our greatest victories come from some of the greatest battles that we face in, in life and our struggles in life. In this world, we will have tribulation. We will have troubles. A man is a few days and full of trouble. We're gonna have trouble in this life. But how many of you know we have one that, that sticks closer than a brother and one that, that will not leave us nor forsake us and we need to have faith in God. Faith in God. Now I wanna turn this real quick. God is, is at work among us. I am absolutely excited about what God is doing in the palace of praise. Among us. God is not only working in the palace of praise. He's working in other churches. In our community. We want, we want God to move throughout our community. Throughout the nation. Come on. We want a, an awakening, don't we? I was telling the men, there was a, at the rally, there was a, a man that came from Piedmont. I know that he had had a rough life, you could tell. He lost his four-year-old son, his four-year-old son died. And he was bitter and angry. But suddenly Mother's Day, he went to church and he gave his life to God. And he's, he was down there and I was sitting at the table talking with him and one of his friends had been in there for five months and I could tell these boys had been through some things. God is moving among us, church. Come on. 
He's moving among us. Sunday morning, I wasn't able to be here. I was in another church ministry. And uh, in, in that time of ministry, there was a, a, at the end of the service, I was giving a, an altar call and, and allowing the Holy Spirit time to work. And, and uh, I could tell that, man, God was moving. I could tell that God was, was speaking. And, and uh, there was a lady there that came. I was telling Pastor about this. Um, she came to church and she left her car running during the service. All during the service. And as uh, expensive as gas is, I don't think that's much wisdom. But she said later on, she said, God led me here. Led me to, it was a suddenly, it was a, a move of God that moved upon that lady. And I found out later on being a, having a, I was curious about that. I mean, I don't think anybody out there has got their car running right now. And I found out that she had trouble getting her car started and she didn't want that car to, to die out, so she left it running. But God touched her and she said, God led me to this place. There was another man that was there with another girl and, and uh, these were some people we knew and they came because we were ministering and, and uh, this gentleman said, uh, you know, the, the family said, we're going to church. And, and this gentleman said, can I go with you? Sure, you can go with us. And he was in the service. And, and my wife said, God was really dealing with him. And we found out afterwards that, that uh, his brother recently jumped off a bridge and killed himself. Man, God was working on that. We, we found out later on God was working on and He said, I gotta get back to church. God is moving in our midst today, church. I, I believe, and I told Pastor Kent this, I believe that we're gonna see some suddenlies. They're gonna come in here. We ain't gonna know much about them, but they're gonna be drawn by the Spirit of God. And God, we gotta be a church ready to deliver things unto the needy. Those that need the 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 life of God that we have. You know, as we come tonight, you know, I challenge you tonight to consider praying, and maybe many of you do it already, every day, every day, Someone say every day, every day, pray for this leadership. Pray for these men right here that they are in the vein of what God is saying. That utterance might be given unto them. The word of God is quick and powerful. I'm telling you, it can save to the uttermost and the guttermost. Hallelujah. And as we come tonight... As Pastor Randy said, let our hearts be turned towards what's happened in this nation, what's happened concerning that grade school and 
I know there's families that are hurting, a community that's hurting. This is nationwide. There's a lot of people hurting today. Maybe we can weep with them a little bit. Amen. And let's pray that some change can come, that they can protect our schools. I want to ask you to come. I'm going to ask Dan if he'll just put some music on. I'm not going to pray up here. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to ask you to come tonight. And as Randy said, would you, would you, would you hold these families? Because I know it's rocked the world. And we want to pray for them tonight. Come on, church.